0: Hi everyone, my name is Michael Kaiser. And I'm John Wilson. And welcome to another episode of Make Ours Marvel.
1: This is episode 70 of Make Ours Marvel, where we are wrapping up our time in the merry old month of September 1964. And Mike, you know how I, you know how I'm weird about like my my reading and watching projects? Uh-huh. So, um, I don't think
0: it's weird, but yeah.
1: Okay, well good. That's why we're friends. (laughs) Right. We understand each other. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So few others do. (laughs) Um, so it's, you know, television season. September nineteen sixty-four is new season of TV season. Uh So um I have started watching The Man from Uncle. Okay. Because that starts this year. Uh-huh. I'm in the second season of The Fugitive because I loved the first season of that. High-quality character drama there. Mm-hmm. Mup um The Addams Family and The Munsters both started oh. this year. They started the same year? Wow. Yeah. They both I ran into two seasons at the same time. And I've never been a huge Munsters fan. I, mm. I, I watched it some as a kid, but I always really dug The Addams Family. Mm. So I've been watching uh, the first few episodes of that.
0: See, I was backwards. So, For some reason, good, we good watched times. The Munsters. Oh, yeah.
1: guess what Guess what else just came out? What? Goldfinger. Oh, wow. So I went through and I, I did a little uh, James Bond education. I watched Doctor oh. No. I watched For Marsha With Love and oh. I watched Goldfinger.
0: Oh, you're not going to like those. I already watched did, them. Did you like them? Okay. Because um, so- I don't think you're going to like them. I wouldn't think like if you asked me, should I watch James Bond? I probably would have said, nah, not for you. I don't know. I, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you loved it.
1: I liked a lot of it. Um, Uh, (laughs) It's funny because I asked around what are the best James Bond films, especially the Sean Connery era. And turns out that Goldfinger and From Russia With Love top all the lists of James Bond films, Sean Connery era or not. Right. Um, So I watched Dr. No, and I had seen Dr. No before. I knew it wasn't really... Um, as appealing to a lot of the James Bond type stuff as other films were. I had never seen the other two. So I said, hey, family, the second James Bond film is rated as like the best or second best James Bond film ever. So let's all watch it together. So we watched From Russia With Love. It's a bit slow. Um, Yeah,
0: that's my favorite one, too. I
1: I liked the story. I thought it was great. But my Uh 10 year old was getting kind of bored.
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: halfway through, my daughter was half watching on her phone. Uh Uh-huh. Um, I thought that it had a really good story and I love uh-huh. the character. Actually, I was going to ask you, um, because it relates to our Iron Man story tonight. Okay. The femme fatale, not really fatale in this movie, but the uh, woman in From Russia with Love is Tatyana, Tatyana Romanova. Uh
0: huh.
1: And the name Romanova, sometimes pronounced Romanov, is also Black Widow's last name. Huh. But not yet. Like she gets that name later.
0: Well, I still like your Natasha and, and uh, Boris idea better, anyway. So yeah, yeah, I do too. They they probably just threw that on afterwards.
1: I do wonder if they if they like did another reference deliberately to they know, could someday.
0: have. I wonder what she was in the book. I I should know because I read it, but I can't remember. Sometimes they change the names, but
1: yeah, and I have read from Russia with love, but it's been years ago because most of my efforts to get into James Bond in the past have started with the books. Mm-hmm. So at one point I'd read like the first three or four books. I think I'd gotten up to Moonraker, which is a much earlier book than it is a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Goldfinger- I was just saying,
0: I wasn't sure if you'd like it because you can't have James Bond without misogyny. And, you know, that's not that I love misogyny either, but in the case of James Bond, I kind of do. So <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know how I could turn my brain off for it, but I can. Like, in, in the- fact, if it's not in there, it's not right. Somehow. In the
1: first two movies, I saw him as being more of a womanizer than a misogynist. Uh-huh. It was just a much more free love kind of character. And if there's a woman that was attracted to him, he was going to go for it. The mm-hmm. misogyny probably comes from the writer's standpoint, as in every woman must fall head over heels for James Bond and love him to death. Um the third one, though, Goldfinger has some major issues. Right. Like, I like ninety percent of that movie a lot. I thought it was a much more fun James Bond story than From Russia with Love was. Uh huh. But then you get to the whole um, James uh-huh. Bond basically sexes a lesbian until she's straight and likes it.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Right. And that's that's not great. He rapes a character and gets rewarded, and it's it's not good.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. And right. yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, so anyway. sideways digression that, that, about other that's stuff. That's what happens on. with
0: Iron Man in this one, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah,
1: Hawkeye comes along and Tony Stark yeah. just can't help himself. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> right. Jeremy Renner with a mohawk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Tales of Suspense, number 60, featuring both Iron Man and Captain America these days. Uh, uh, um, and I'll just get to the story cause there's a lot of words on this cover and we don't need to read all that. So the Iron Man story is called suspected of murder, murder written by the king of Comedy drama. What the heck does that mean? Comedy drama, commie drama.
1: I think that I should be an E for comedy drama.
0: Mm hmm. But yeah, it sounds like commie, like, like he's anti-American like drama. Yeah. By Stanley. And, and, yet,
1: and yet, Black Widow's in this, so.
0: Hey. Illustrated by the master of panoramic spectacle, Don Heck. Inked by the prince of line design, Dick Ayers. And lettered by the sultan of shaky borders, Sam Rosen. Um, where last we left off, Iron Man's chest piece that keeps his heart going, um, the battery sort of malfunctioned. And so he ended up having to put on his entire armor and plug that into some extra batteries he keeps on his belt or those little discs that he keeps on the side of his hip um, to keep his armor going. So now he can't take his armor off. And he told everybody as Iron Man that Tony Stark, quote unquote, went away for a while and I'm in charge now, which didn't make Pepper or Happy happy because – They don't really know who Iron Man is other than this mysterious bodyguard guy. So how do they even know he's telling the truth, blah, 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 blah. So that's where it opens. He's moping around, being miserable, trying to figure out how to get the freaking armor off. He can't do it. We, meanwhile, have Pepper and Happy trying to find Tony at all his usual haunts. And they can't, so they confront Iron Man again. He tells the same story. You're just going to have to trust me because he can't come up with anything better. Um Or he does try and come up with something better. He actually goes to his own office, a.k.a. Tony Stark's office, and writes a note in Tony Stark's handwriting that says, I'm off on a secret government project. Don't worry about me. Toodles. Also, while he's in there, I guess the Iron Man wallet was low on cash because he raids his uh, safe. And, of course, bad timing just as he's doing that. Pepper and Happy bring in the police to confront him, so they see Iron Man in Tony Stark's safe pulling out cash and they're like, well, this is suspicious. He's like, no, check out this letter. And they take it to have it analyzed or I guess right on the spot somehow have it analyzed. And he's like, no, it's too shaky for Tony Stark. It's not his real signature. And Iron Man's like, "Doh! I should have taken the gauntlets off before I wrote that letter. Um, anyway, he's had enough after they all like keep probing him for answers. And he like just Iron Man's out of there through the glass through the window, and flies to a uh, secluded mountain and mopes. And meanwhile, we cut to uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye, who's still kind of under her spell, totally in love with her. And she's like, hey, I hear Tony Stark's gone, and Iron Man is like MIA right now, so why don't you go over there and steal some plans for like weapons and stuff? And he's like, well, I love you, but... Treason? And she pats him on the head and he says, No, okay, fine, I'll go. So he goes over there um, as Hawkeye and immediately gets confronted by a security guards. So he's, I guess he's not that good at sneaking around. Um, so he grabs Pepper as a hostage and takes her into the secret room of tony stark only to find out that tony actually doesn't keep any awesome designs and plans laying around to be stolen because they're all in his head because he's freaking tony stark so bummer there's nothing to steal um uh they they do this whole like rant like hostage negotiation thing and that somehow gets wired or the avengers pick that up on their radio and they in turn contact iron man and say hey your secretary is being Kidnapped by this guy named Hawkeye. Do you want us to help? And he's like, no, I'll take care of it myself because you'll just spook him. So he goes flying back over there, busts through the wall. They get into this cool like bow and arrow versus armor fight. Um and Hawkeye manages to escape, and there's like this low-flying plane that he uh hooks his an arrow to and like you know gets pulled away. That low-flying plane, though happens to have aboard it, the Black Widow because while Hawkeye was gone, this head of um, um, you know the Iron Curtain or whatever came along with two goons to pick her up and take her back to Russia for interrogation because she's been MIA from them too, I guess. So he doesn't realize that that's the plane he's attached to. And um, meanwhile, we cut back to uh, uh, Iron Man, who's still in the same predicament. Pepper kind of is a little less mean to him because he just sort of saved her life and all, but he, she still does not trust him. And he flies away grumpy again with no answers. And that's where we leave it. He's still stuck in the armor.
1: I had a couple Which, of random thoughts while you were doing that, that aren't in my notes. Okay. Um, so Hawkeye and Black Widow are cohabitating. Mm-hmm. So they're one of the few couples in all of our comics that we can be certain with reasonable certainty that are, are boning. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know or think or even know how to be sure whether or not Hank and Jan are. Um, We know that Jane and um, Don are not because their relationship is still early days. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Sue still has her other house. I don't know if she's living at the Baxter building yet.
0: But they do go on getaways and rocket ships, so you could infer that they do stuff. Oh, okay,
1: yeah. Yeah, so they almost definitely are then. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I just – I don't know why that became an important part of my brain while you were doing that, but yeah.
0: What's other? What also is interesting while we're on that note is initially I thought, oh, she's being all enchantress about Hawkeye, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Just using him. But when she gets captured and taken back to Russia, she actually has thought balloons of like how she's never going to see her darling Hawkeye again. So she actually likes him back.
1: Yeah, it was definitely presented last time as like manipulation, but evidently and It still is. Yeah, and she's definitely manipulative. I mean, right, right. She she has the uh, power in the relationship, but evidently there is mm-hmm. there's more to it than that. Mhm. Um Black Widow actually has like a story arc going through these comics, which mm-hmm. is really unusual for a non-hero or supporting character of the hero.
0: Yeah, this is like her fourth or however many stories and like it still just keeps picking up where we left off with her. So that's kind of cool.
1: And I had thought because she gets captured in this, I had thought she was on good terms with the homeland. Last time we saw her, like that's how she had like that wealthy residence under the ground and everything.
0: Remember, I think the last time she contacted with the homeland is they sent two goons over and she had that awesome tech she stole from Tony. And then she was supposed to cooperate with them. And she kind of didn't because they were idiots and, got captured by Iron Man. So she went underground again.
1: Was that in the Hawkeye story? Was that another story?
0: That was before Hawkeye. Okay. So that that was was like the last time she talked to Russia though.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: They brought, they sent two guys over. Remember she stole that device that could it was like an anti-gravity thing. And she thought, okay, now this is going to get me back in with Russia. But then they sent these two goons over who were kind of inferring that, no, that's not going to get you back. And we're just going to take this device and you. And then they ended up being stupid with it, and Iron Man beat them up, and she didn't go back to Russia because they're scary.
1: Okay, okay. Something I, I thought all that ended up with her being okay with Russia, but I guess not. Mm, Misrem- yeah, misremembering. All right, so yeah, so she is cool. I mean, she's. I mean, I don't know what it was exactly that readers and or creators found appealing about her. I mean, I think she's awesome. Uh-huh. I don't know how much of that is flavored by, you know, 50 years of. of
0: uh, right. Black Scarlett Widow. Johansson. Yeah,
1: right. And Scarlett Johansson has honestly, Scarlett Johansson is my first exposure to actual stories about the Black Widow character. Uh-huh.
0: So, um, well, certainly not the Black Widow you think of when you say Black Widow and not the one I was raised on at all. You this know? one is
1: not that you're right. No, no.
0: So it's I'm curious to see and we may never get to it, but curious to see how they transition from this. Like, like I said, more like an enchantress, like, using her feminine wiles to get what she wants character to someone who actually, like, can kick butt and stuff.
1: Yeah. And a lot of that's going to happen in the Avengers comic once Hawkeye moves over there mm-hmm. um, before she ever becomes her own, her own you know, star of a story. Um, so, what else do we have on this?
0: I love the splash page because it isn't really happening, obviously. So, it's just like kind of this, yes, ar- this- artistic interpretation of this evil armor that's in... Chasing poor Tony.
1: It was a fantastic symbolic splash. Yeah, the cover wasn't bad either. A nice use of no. space with the split images.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that he's still stuck in the armor. Like you, this is maybe is this well? I guess with Spider-Man, that also happened. But like usually, they wrap things up by the second go-around. So kind of surprised they haven't.
1: This is the first more than two issues subplot of, of Iron Man
0: for sure, or most characters we cover mm-hmm uh, it's yeah.
1: not like I, I'm wondering some about Pepper and Happy and how they're reacting to Tony being gone because it's not like Tony hasn't ever gone traveling before,
0: yeah, but I guess this because they can't get a hold of him at all like that's kind of scary, and there's this guy saying he's in charge now, and you know okay, yeah they don't,
1: they don't have a number to reach Tony at they don't have any way of reaching him. they just have Iron Man in his place.
0: They have no way of verifying that this stranger behind a mask is actually in charge
1: and to be fair, Iron Man hasn't been around. Well no that's true. He's been around longer than Pepper and Happy been around. But he hasn't been known as the bodyguard. No. For that long. That development is newer than Happy Hogan's presence.
0: Right. Yeah. Um Avengers. Uh, the Avengers show up. So dude, why are they always dogging on Iron Man? It's kind of funny cuz he finances the whole dang thing and they live in his mansion but they like he had to get permission to be absent from meetings and stuff and they're like, "Yeah, wrap your stuff up. You get permission this time, buddy."
1: Yeah, um, I have you betrayed about Tony
0: Stark? Because they thought because they don't know who Iron Man is either. So
1: I feel is like it? as a question, it seems natural. So you didn't do this, right? Yeah, But all I can hear of from Thor is we have heard of the disappearance of Anthony Stark. There is but one question I have to ask. Have you betrayed him? Yeah. And it's just like, I can't hear anything but accusation whenever he asks that question.
0: We expect you to lift the cloud of suspicion as soon as possible. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Are, are you, am I working for you now? Cause last I heard we were all equals and there's no leader. So whatever.
1: We got to keep the Avengers good name and the reputation of the mightiest team of superheroes.
0: They're probably thinking, well, we want this free mansion. So find Tony again.
1: It's weird seeing Hawkeye in so little purple.
0: Yeah. It's kind of cool. I like the blue. Uh, it gives
1: him a bit of an armored look to him. Mm-hmm. The purple is more of a highlight color than an actual color.
0: He's probably my least favorite of the big characters here, just because I don't really love how he's so brainwashed by... I'm hoping someday there's a retcon where like, she's been slipping him bonkers juice or something during all this, because he just seems so passive, and that's kind of annoying, because right. Hawkeye's not, not a passive character by any, by he any does, means. He so. going to
1: have room to develop, because this is only his second story, and mm-hmm. there's more to come. Um, in fact, I'm going to double-check the story count between now and Avengers 16, because uh, Avengers 16 is not that far away as far as comics go.
0: Because on page 80, he's like, originally I planned to use my talents to serve mankind, but then I met this pretty girl named Black Widow, so now I'm going to commit treason and take Pepper as hostage.
1: Yeah, he really is thinking with his little arrow, isn't he?
0: Yes. It's kind of weird. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's not great. Okay, um, yeah. so Hawkeye, we have... Avengers 16 before that. Okay. He has one more story in suspense oh. before the Avengers uh, shift. And I don't think black widow is in that story.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cause she got taken to Russia mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I assume he doesn't hold onto this plane, the entire flight to Russia. He probably lets go at some point.
1: Probably lets go <laughs> before he leaves New York. I would imagine
0: <laughs> before they fly so high that he runs out of oxygen and or something. Uh, yeah. But it was it's, fun. Uh, and this, we get two Don Hex tonight, so that made me happy, because he also draws Avengers later.
1: So I'm going to see if I had anything else. Um, yeah, that, that's it. It's, uh, we've covered pretty much everything I had for this issue. I guess it's Captain America time.
0: Well, Captain America, we already covered last time we covered Captain America, because this is the exact same story. But let's <laughs> cover it again anyway. It's called The Army of Assassins Strikes, and it's in all the world none but Stanley Lee Ryder and Jack Kirby artists could have brought you such a tale twice inked by Shickstone, lettered by art Simek. speaking of from russia with love we get a from russia with love opening of it, captain america fighting these guys dressed in green one of them in particular has like this awesome like kung fu uh battery ram punch hand thing and knocks him over when he hits him with in the shield and then they have this thing called formula x that comes out of their glove and muffles the dude and he dies but that's okay because it's not really james bond i mean it's not really captain america it was just a guy they were dressed up as cap one of their friends they say that they dressed up as cap to try out killing captain america Because that's how that works.
1: I had not made that James Bond connection, but you are so right. This is so from Marshall with Love's opening. Anyways, go on.
0: Um, Anyway, these green guys are all being billed by, or, you know, they're all um, serving uh, Baron Zemo. so So he sends them out to go kill the real deal. The real deal, meantime, is doing a demonstration at a benefit. The demonstration is on what one man can achieve if you eat well and do a lot of push-ups and get injected with a super soldier serum. So there's a bunch of green guys that are supposed to fight with him. And he tells the whole audience, you know, this might get a little hairy looking, but don't worry. You guys are safe. I would never let anything happen to you. This is all just a demo. But while he's saying that those green guys get knocked out and are replaced by the green guys we just saw earlier working for Baron Zemo. So they're actually out there to hurt Cap, which he figures out fairly quickly because they're not pulling any punches. Um, And they try and Adhesive X's face when they group hug him and hold him down. But luckily he like feigns uh, uh, like he's going limp and then, you know, uses his super awesome awesomeness to knock them all away. There's, you know, a fight with the sledgehammery fist guy. He tries to break the shield, but Cap says, yeah, that's not gonna happen probably but they still manage to knock him out or knock him down and it cuts meanwhile to behind the stage with Rick Jones going this doesn't seem right and he says that out loud so one of the green guys who's still backstage is like hey you figured it out you're gonna tattle on us but and tries to beat Rick up but Rick has been training with cap so he can take this guy out two more guys come at him he takes them out then like eight more guys come at him so he runs away uh meanwhile cap is back up and okay and he's throwing his shield around and he's also showing off that whole like magnet shield remote control thing because he's having it whip around them and all this stuff Um, anyway he ultimately beats them up they throw like some mini missile at him and he manages to backfire it back at them with his shield they all get knocked out rick comes running in with the police and they're all just like what'd you bring us kid we didn't he didn't need us did he and Rick's like, I'm sorry about the police and doubted you, and he's like, don't worry about it. That was awesome. And by the way, there's about eight more guys piled up in the room over there. Um, So then, meanwhile, it cuts back to Baron Zemo and he tries to tune into ABC to see like what the news was on whether on Captain America dying. But instead, he gets a speech from Captain America saying, "Not only am I not dead, but I'm going to come for you, little man. Or you should stop being a coward and sending your weird green guys and just come for me yourself." and that's how it ends cuz baron's like oh i hate my tv and he shoots it
1: yeah dr zemo gives he like invents the remote control
0: uh-huh like right there it's a gun yeah unfortunately it only changes the power on and off once but right yeah
1: everything is edible some things are only edible once <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then rick's like wow you really made him angry you shouldn't and he's like yeah that's i want him to be super angry so he actually comes to me in person and that's kind of how it ends
1: so I did feel that Dr. Zemo's involvement gave this story just a little bit of weight and a little bit of meaning in an otherwise just a set piece for Captain America action fighting.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it was more fighting and more of those same kind of comments like, wow, he's the weakest Avenger and he didn't even need any help. Yeah. Like Stan yeah. really wants to sell that he deserves to be an Avenger, even though he's not Thor.
1: Well, here's the thing that occurred to me while I was doing the Avengers issue we're going to talk about in a few minutes is that... The Super Soldier Serum doesn't exist. Nope. Like, they have not mentioned it. Mm-mm. And they will not mention it until this series does a Captain America origin recap. Mm-hmm. So, as far as readers of 1964 are concerned, what Super Soldier Serum?
0: Mm-hmm. He's just
1: a really good athlete who is really trained. Mm-hmm. And they do emphasize that a lot. And it's going to actually take some people by surprise whenever they... Wait, Cap got his skills through steroids? What?
0: <laughs> you will see how one man alone and unaided can give a good account of himself if he is in perfect physical condition and well trained in self defense. That makes it sound like he just did that.
1: He just did that,
0: mm-hmm. and as far
1: as this continuity goes, at this point, he just did that. Yeah, it's almost like it, it. It's going to feel like a retcon to readers of the day whenever it finally gets reminded. Oh wait, super soldiers here. Remember the forties? Yeah. Um, Rick Jones is in this.
0: Mm-hmm. He jumped back from Hulk.
1: Yeah. He's like, gosh, Bruce, I felt like such a deserter and then left.
0: Yeah. He, we never I – that is weird because when I read that story, I didn't notice that. But then when you said it, I was like, oh, my gosh. He That literally was his last panel. Where did he go after that? It's kind of weird. And
1: he is going to go back to being a Hulk-supporting cast member, but it's going to be a while yet. Hulk's got some more uh, hijinks to get up to first. Mm. Um, Still got the electronics in the shield.
0: Yeah, I thought it was going to go away last issue, but I guess not. Although they do talk about, because they haven't before. That's another thing that is retconned, because they don't say that in the Golden Age either, I'm sure. But this whole like business that his shield's indestructible, um, this guy's like, I'm going to break it. And Cap's like, yeah, you probably can't. But that's about as far as he says. So we're getting closer to that idea.
1: Right. The shield is pretty tough. It's lasted a long time. Maybe he doesn't realize that it actually is indestructible. Maybe he just thinks it's a really cool shield and... It just ends up not getting destroyed over and over again.
0: Maybe, but every retcon where like JFK hands him the shield, they talk about its original metal that is unbreakable and blah blah blah. So he should know. Yeah, he should. But man. anyway, they haven't they haven't invented it yet, so he can't know.
1: But yeah, the um, it's it's not. I mean, it's not a bad comic. It's just not a great story, if that makes sense.
0: It's There's not just... a great. It's not a great story to talk about on a podcast because it's just a. Really awesome Jack Kirby Captain America fight, which I absolutely love. But there you go. Yeah, that's but there's nothing to say about it that that is character driven, really. Right.
1: Okay, so shall we drive so, our way onto
0: our next character? Set? So that's it. That said, it's my favorite comic of the month. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs>
1: it can be. You're. It allowed. can
0: be. We'll see.
1: All right. So the Fantastic Four thirty three. The cover that they were so proud of is a black and white photo of the underwater ocean. He must have gotten this from a book or something. And overlaid on top of that is a comic drawing of the Fantastic Four on the side of Submariner up against brand new character we're going to meet in this issue, um, Sailor Moon. So <laughs> She's got like the bunny helmet. That's something. right. Yep. No, it's, it's a Tuma, but he still has a bunny helmet of some kind.
0: It even has eyes. Yeah. It's weird
1: it's weird he's definitely wearing a skull of something it's just mm-hmm. weird that has bunny ears mm-hmm. alright so the fabulous fantastic four because stanley wanted to call them the fabulous four so he just calls them the Fantastic fabulous fantastic four find themselves fighting side by side with submariner the scene is ff headquarters the time is now the action is about to be about to begin so let's go script smile and stanley art jolly jack kirby inks chicklin, chicklin chucklin chick stone lettering amiable art simic uh, the Fantastic Four are examining a sea monster that washed up on the shore. It's like an unknown creature that would ever seen before. They're like, wow, science. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Dorma from Atlantis comes up onto the shore wearing a watertight suit. Um, Human Torch sees her, goes after her, brings her to Fantastic Four headquarters, and she's got the bubble helmet on, um, and she's like, you need to come help me uh, with the Submariner. And if you don't help Submariner's going to die and it's all my fault. They're like, oh, what happened? She's like, okay. So you know how like ever since issue four, there's this bit there's been this subplot about how Submariner's looking for his people. <laughs> yeah. And you know, there was a big annual about how he found his people, and I was there. I was there, remember me? And he we, we all abandoned him at the end because of that whole Sioux storm debacle. And ever since then he's continuing to look for his people. And it's just been this big dramatic arc for Submariner. He found them. Yeah. He found them off panel. Um, we're going to show it to you briefly in a flashback. So now he's a prince again. It's pretty great. And he's sitting on his throne wearing his pointy crown. But then out of the murky depths of the ocean has come Atuma, the barbarian. And he wants to take the crown of Atlantis. And um, I um, I just wanted Namor to love me. <laughs> so I helped, I helped Atuma fight Namor because Namor was too busy preparing for war to love me. And now Tuma's winning and it's all my fault and Namor needs your help. So um, they're like, well, crap. Okay. I've got this like um, suntan lotion that's actually rub on oxygen. So (laughs) we're going to rub some oxygen all over our bodies and then we can breathe underwater. Um, Torch, be careful because you're going to catch flame a lot more easily now because, you know, oxygen. Right. So they all hop in an underwater car, they go underwater, and there's more black and white photo collages of the underwater stuff. Um, their ship gets attacked and gets crashed because of Atuma's warriors. Um, they eventually manage to make, they, they get past Atuma's warriors because Reed turns himself into a manta ray, and they like hide in his face. Um, they sneak past Atuma's warriors, They uh, <laughs> Namor meanwhile is, uh, is attacking, there's war going on, there's like lots of battling. The Fantastic Four starts secretly, sneakily helping and, like, sabotaging Atuma and fighting against him. I don't even know if Namor actually knows that they're there during most of it. Um, Finally, let's see. um, Namor and Atuma are fighting, and, and Invisible Girl helps Namor win by turning him invisible. So he can attack Atuma, but Atuma can't attack him back. And so finally, Namor gets the upper hand on Atuma, and Dorma is able to cradle his head in her lap. And he's like, you know what? I know you betrayed me, but it's all right, because I know you love me. And um, what's up? I didn't say anything. I thought I heard your voice for a second there. Um, So, yeah, Namor never knew the Fantastic Four were there, because then he's sitting there on the couch going, "Ah, it's a good thing that Atlantis is all whole again, because if the Fantastic Four ever struck... It would be it would be you know terrible, but now now I can beat them and the Fantastic Four go home. They don't have a ship anymore, but you know, Fantastic you know Mister Fantastic can turn into a floaty device. Mm-hmm.
0: At the end. Yeah, I think this issue was missing missing some conversations like that. Uh, like how? Like why are we helping Submariner? Should we help Submariner? Those would have been interesting conversations because to their point of view, except for maybe Sue, like he's a bad guy and. Last time he had an army, he invaded the surface world with it, and maybe Atuma. Who's Atuma? Like, wh- whose side are we on? You know, if Doctor Doom goes to war with somebody in let are we going to go help Doctor Doom? I don't know.
1: No, that that's a good point, and so, there's nothing saying that Atuma is necessarily the quote unquote bad guy.
0: They just jump on board with this whole idea of helping Neymar win his people back, but it's like, but they fight his people right now all the time. So yeah,
1: kind of interesting. We- we can headcanon some continuity and connect some dots, but you're right. The conversation should have been written into the story.
0: Mm-hmm. They should have had
1: some deliberation about it. Because last time we saw Namor, he was coming to a, a, you know, truce talk with Reed
0: Richards. Oh, that's true.
1: Um, and so that went, uh, you know, tits up because of the torch and the thing. Um, and I think the, I think the impetus here is Dorma's like, yeah, but he's going to die if you don't help Mm -hmm. he's going to lose this fight it's my fault and I feel like in the story that's the impetus that gets them going
0: yeah although I mean it's cool otherwise I like the whole idea that he never knew they were there that was kind of fun
1: yeah that was neat Um, they're, they're fighting it's a little bit weird I don't normally super dig whenever the superheroes are involved in an actual war like battles being fought on both sides and the superheroes just being superheroes in them uh huh there's a story uh, a little down the road in the Avengers with Kang. That's a two-parter. And it's just one big two-part war, and the Avengers are involved, and Kang is there, and it's it's you know hard to get invested in all of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we also don't have any conversation. Well, we do have a little conversation about Sue and Namor and Reed Triangle or whatever. Not a triangle, but you know, um,
1: where, where just, are you seeing that?
0: Just the end where he's like. She still calls me darling even after seeing Namor again. Perhaps I am the one she truly loves. It's like, really?
1: Yeah. yeah I, have, I think she's I
0: established to... that like five times at this point. But
1: Seriously. My thought on that was that he's still really insecure. Meanwhile, she's not even thinking about that. She's thinking about the love between Namor and Dorma and uh, how that's you know really great. So Reed needs to get over himself.
0: <laughs> she's really into Dorma and Dorma hooking up with some Mariner and it's almost to the point where it's like, yeah, yeah, give him someone else to hook up with cuz I feel bad that I didn't hook up with him so you you do it or something.
1: You know people like to play matchmaker, they like to, they like that, to ship.
0: That too. Especially Torch, with their exes.
1: Right. Torch says blue skin at the beginning and my first thought was the Cree.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because
1: the Cree are the blue-skinned aliens. I did not think of submariners, but of course we don't even know what a Cree is yet in these comics.
0: This beginning, like this, is not a real animal that they're autopsying or however that verb right. works. But like this is just so sixties animal treatment because they don't say it washed up on shore dead. I don't think, and in fact, Johnny even says, "I wonder how they hooked it." So someone just caught this, and it's like, "Oh, this is a really rare creature that no one's ever heard of before," and he's dead, and we're experimenting on it. Yeah, kind of. It was kind of gross, but do
1: you remember that that? Early nineties phase fad of like alien autopsies. Mm-hmm. It was right around the time that the X-Files was coming out. Maybe maybe it predates the X-Files by a little bit. Yep. But there, yeah, that's what this reminded me of.
0: Yeah. Creepy.
1: Yeah, I, I, I poked fun at it in the in the recap. But oh my gosh, we have been waiting for Namor to finally reunite with his people. And uh-huh. he does it in a flashback.
0: Yeah. Maybe it's just really got weird. tired of like letting
1: that plot thread dangle.
0: But like, this is the second time too, because with the, when he was, uh,
1: I'm sorry, I talked to you again.
0: When he was fighting the Avengers, remember there was also that off camera hookup with his people. Like they just don't want to give us that satisfying story where he actually finds his people and becomes king. Yeah, and
1: he's. He's firmly ensconced by the time he gets his own series. We're only actually we only like, actually have one more Namor story before he gets his own series. So you know he, he did get his people. Um, but by
0: the, by the way, you've ruined uh, Kirby's Atlantean designs for me because you pointed out once that why on earth would Namor wear a cape underwater? <laughs> and now I not only see that, but I see the old man in like robes and there's other there you know the flashback of what's her face she's in a full-on robe with a hood and it's like how would that function underwater either like none of that all that fabric stuff just kind of makes no sense for underwater use
1: (laughs) the um do you think that namor was actually rejecting dorma or was he just like busy thinking about war just like reed does about science
0: well he says never speak thus of love to me um, so that doesn't sound promising, but yeah. it would have been better if he said, I'm busy right now. I'm not sure how helping Atuma gets back in his love graces, though. I
1: don't think I think it's more of a, a backstab than it is uh, yeah. trying to, you
0: know, because she because he hurt her feelings.
1: And Atuma is such a weird character. Like, I know who he is. He's uh-huh. not super often used as a bad guy, especially after the Silver Age. Mm hmm. But he also, being an underwater bad guy, you'd think he'd always be Namor. He's not always Namor. Like His appearances in the Silver Age kind of run all over the comics line.
0: He's kind of the bad of the underwater people, though, isn't he? Or is there another yeah. one that I'm not thinking of?
1: He's the one main underwater baddie besides Namor. But he's just not Namor's baddie.
0: Because he, he pops up in like Atlantis Attacks and all that stuff, too. Right, exactly. Yeah. He's kind of cool looking. Other, I mean, in this one, not quite there yet. But I think those dumb rabbit ears were also concealing some sort of stupid double rifle in his helmet, or I don't even remember what it was.
1: Yeah. They did like break off and start shooting.
0: So that was kind of silly. And I think they fixed that later.
1: The recoil has got to cause some neck problems on that.
0: (laughs) It just seems like a weird way to weird thing to have to aim. Point your head down. Hope for the
1: artist man. What do you think of these photo collages, the cover and then the one inside?
0: We talked about them before. I don't like them. I don't know. I don't, it doesn't work for me. Uh, Have we seen these before? We saw, we saw space. Oh yeah, in the
1: space with a space collage yeah
0: i just don't like it's just dark and muted and like the cover in particular i don't like because they're combining it with also the mm-hmm. cartoony characters
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i'm not even sure what's happening is the water just floating above them or
1: i thought that was like um coral
0: reefs and um, but it's on top
1: Yes, yeah, so they maybe they're in some sort of cavern or something. It is it is a weird construction.
0: It's a weird construction. And then the other one is in the inside, at least that's just full on photography. But it's still it's just really dark and muted and I don't think it works. I don't know. I've never thought it works. I guess it's an interesting experiment, but I'm glad yeah, they didn't keep doing people it. People
1: get really, really excited about these and it's just really? okay. It's
0: Yeah. Nah.
1: The black and white and the printing of, of natural photo in a four color format.
0: Is just weird. Like you've essentially robbed Jack Kirby of page eight where he could have done his own splash page full of crazy fish in an underwater scene. And that would have been more interesting to me.
1: But I feel like Kirby's robbing himself because I think these are his idea. I think these are his art experiments. Probably. Probably a a, a time
0: saver. I would imagine.
1: Would it be though? I wonder because he had like find the photo and you had to like get a copy of it. I don't even know what would go into the production of it. I don't even know. You know, making comics is like this weird alchemic production that I don't even understand.
0: Well, I know how to make comics, but I don't know how they do this photo thing. But I do know that artists always have a lot of photo references. So he probably already had the reference. But how they translate it in this print thing, I don't know. Never figured that one out. But because they didn't have photocopiers, right? No. No.
1: Well, yeah. No, not like we have now. No. Um. But uh, yeah, I think maybe nothing at all. You yeah. mentioned in past discussions of Reed stretching characteristics that he should never be silly. So what do you think of his mantle? Right?
0: <laughs> it's silly. Yeah. Really, really silly. Um, but I don't know.
1: That's kind of a one-off deal. I kind of, yeah. love it. it's, it's a it creative way of, of getting past.
0: It was kind of comical.
1: As long as he's not always plastic man, it's just an occasional thing. I think it's all right.
0: Mm-hmm. And he does the life raft thing at the end. And that reminded me of, uh, Elastigirl, because she does that in The Incredibles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same thing.
1: Um, it occurred to me while I was reading this, um, do you think that they're already starting to contemplate the ifs on what their next new titles are going to be? Do you think maybe this is an attempt to see if people like Namor stories? Because he has his people, he's in his natural habitat, and he's doing an Atlantean story. The Fantastic Four are almost guest stars in somebody else's story going on
0: here. Yeah, I wonder how... The whole Namor thing worked at all because I've never, like I said, I've never read Golden Age namer so I know at some point he start. I, we've read the first issue and on this show, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: like at some point he becomes a hero or at least a not as bad villain, and then Stan brings him back to be kind of like this ambiguous villain. Like, do, are people demanding that Namor get his own book or are they I loving so. this character? Yeah. And I-
1: I think it's more the mystery element. I think he might have a certain Wolverine quality to him here Mm -hmm. because we don't see him that much. We don't know him that well. And so people want to know him more. And he's going to have like, I mean, 70 to the end of Astonish and then like a 60 odd issue run. He basically has a 100 issues in his Silver and Bronze Age run um, before he goes away for a while and comes back in the 80s.
0: (sighs) I mean, without doing any actual research on our stuff, I feel like he's been the most crossed-over character.
1: Definitely. So Def- as, yeah,
0: Namor's... There must be a demand for him. Right. Or Stan just loves him, one of the two.
1: Um, I loved Sue Storm's involvement in this. She really did like have a major role in saving the day.
0: Multiple times, yeah. She stopped an explosion with her force field thing, and then she turned Namor invisible. and Yeah, that was all cool stuff. And... Um... I, li- I liked all the – like that this, the Fantastic Four just have no real particular problems fighting this dumb army because they're the Fantastic Four uh, to the point where they can just get away with doing it without even being seen. <laughs> it's kind of neat.
1: The um, – yeah, I guess the the last things I had was Namor just like, I know you love me. Guess what? I love someone else. Because he's not – the, the things that people will do for love. And whenever I read that, I was thinking that he is thinking about Sue.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And – Dorman's thinking about him.
0: Does he say he loves someone else, or is he just talking about how he knows what it feels like to love somebody?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's that. Okay. His exact words are, um, I forgive you because I, above all others, am aware of the strange things one may do in the name of love.
0: I'm just curious what his current thoughts are on Sue. Since the last time they were together, she really laid it out. No, this is never happening, you know? So is he going to get over it, or is he still gonna kidnap her every once in a while
1: hopefully he's in a healthier place between those two (laughs) Yeah, right (laughs) he's this he's still the spurned you know suitor but he's coping with it in a less abducting way yeah um and namor is not going to show up in the fantastic four again for like six years
0: (gasps) wow yeah but he's gonna show up again
1: yeah yeah he shows up in other books in fact his next appearance is in daredevil Okay. He is still around and out there, but he's. I, I went through his appearance list. He may be involved with the FF, like they may show up in his book, but he's not going to show up in their book until I think after issue one hundred.
0: Wow, Submariner versus Daredevil should be a really close fight.
1: As long as they don't go underwater, because <laughs> it's going to really yeah. mess up Daredevil. Yeah.
0: No, it really shouldn't be a close fight. That should it be should like not a, be a close fight. That should be like a panel, but we'll see what happens. I guess. Superpower,
1: right. super basically the Superman of the sea versus a blind acrobat.
0: Right. Versus Batman. Okay. Last book? Avengers. It's funny you say it like that because this is literally the last Avengers issue because the Avengers break up. So they made it to 10 issues. Um, It's called The Avengers Break Up and it's featuring the incredible, the inconceivable, the incalculable menace of Immortus. Story superbly written by Stan Lee. Art adorably drawn by Don Heck. Inked by darling Dick Ayers and lettered by stalwart Sam Rosen. Um, And it starts with... The Avengers training. What? This isn't an X-Men book, but the Avengers are training. Um, and they're, or at least Captain America is training. And how he does that is he tries to avoid the Avengers capturing him, the rest of the Avengers capturing him for as long as he can. His current record is 47 seconds. He's really trying to shoot for a minute. Um, then they have a, a meeting. You know, a board meeting. And one of the things that Iron Man wants to bring up is should they let or should they give Rick Jones membership to the Avengers? So this makes Cap go, whoa, whoa, that's not. Something we all need to vote on. Let me think about that because I'm the one training him and stuff like that. So meanwhile, of course, Rick overhears it though. And he's like, really? Could I be an Avenger? And Cap's like, ah, Bucky, I don't know. Leave me alone. Not sure. So they then cut to Baron Zemo and his people, Executioner and the Enchantress. They're talking about how they could do something, mostly just kibitzing amongst each other. And suddenly the Enchantress gets – uh, 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 a probe in her brain or something and she can't stop thinking about it or connecting with it even though Zemo's like hey stop you don't know who that is don't let him in but she does somehow or he somehow gets in through her or something but anyway there's this guy who appears and his name is Immortus and he's like yeah I'm going to kill the Avengers Um and they're like no you're not we're going to fight you for some reason and they try and fight him but he summons like Paul Bunyan to beat up the executioner. And then he says, Yeah, so you can't stop me. Anyway, I'm off to kill the Avengers. And Baron was like, Well, actually, this could work out because if he succeeds, then the Avengers are dead. So that'd be cool. So, anyway, meanwhile, suddenly there's this ad, like a human torch style ad, where you can obtain superpowers. And of course, the ad is given to Rick Jones. And Rick Jones is like, Got this whole fantasy thing going on of being an Avenger. So he answers the ad. But nope, it's actually not. A real ad, because there's Immortus sitting there waiting for him. Immortus has Genghis, or Attila the Hun, um, sees him. And then Cap's like, hey, where'd Rick Jones go? He starts looking around. He asks the uh, team brigade. They mentioned the ad, because they were all hanging out together when Rick saw it. Cap reads the ad and says, well, this is a fake Human Torch ad. So he goes to confront Immortus. Immortus says, oh, you know, your Avengers were the ones who set Rick up, so you should go back and get him and bring him here. Cap's like, oh, those Avengers, I never trusted them. So he goes back and he fights them and he definitely lasts more than a minute this time because they have a really hard time, like, you know, stopping this one-man army guy. And eventually they finally just give up and go, okay, fine, we'll just go with you because you keep pushing us around and it's annoying. So they all go back to Immortus and then Immortus and then Cap's like, so where's Rick? And Immortus is like, ha ha, I tricked you. You did bring the Avengers, Sucker, and Immortus, or Rick Jones is not here because uh, you have to fight these people that I'm going to pull from time. Um, Individually, you have to fight them. And if you beat them all then, and only then, I will show you Rick Jones. So, he pairs Goliath. Whoops, I'm sorry. He pairs Giant Man against Goliath, and Giant Man wins by becoming Ant-Man. He pairs Merlin against Iron Man, and Iron Man wins by using his technology hypnosis belt to make Merlin sick. He pairs Thor against Hercules, and Thor just out-wrestles Hercules. At which point, Norris just like, ah, this ain't working. So he grabs Cap and goes back in time, and he says, your friend Rick Jones is up there in a top of a castle, so if you can get through all these knights, I'll let you take him back. So Cap starts mowing those guys down, because they're just guys. Uh, meanwhile it cuts back and Baron Zemo is like, "Hey, they're one man short. Captain America's missing. We could probably beat him now. So let's go attack him." So while the Avengers are all hanging around the house, not really sure what to do because they can't travel back in time uh, to help Captain America or don't even know where he is, really. Um the uh the they the bad guys attack. They come in and uh get into a big old fight. Um, they're kind of losing the Avengers, I mean, cuz Executioner breaks Uh, Iron Man's belt, and Zemo has this cool, like, uh, unbreakable stone gun thing that he gets Thor's hands stuck in. Um, Anyway, all of a sudden, though, as the chips are coming down, a shield comes out of nowhere and breaks that gun. And then Cap, like, jumps on the executioner to get him off Iron Man. And then he jumps – and then that helps, like, bolster Giant Man, who in turn throws – I don't know. And then, like, Thor – Muscles his way out of the rock, and suddenly they're turning the tables um, and they chase the bad guys off. And then, um, oh, this is, yeah, this is how it ends. Okay, so then instead of running away, just running away, the enchantress is like, the only way we can get out of this is if I time travel. So she travels them back two days, and it cuts back to when the Avengers were initially thinking about asking rick to join the avengers it then cuts to the bad guys again uh arguing how they were arguing two days ago when enchantress is like oh i sent something in my brain and baron zemo says uh yeah close that connection and then that's the end so wow kind of i don't know about that one
1: yeah i like a lot of the story but i find it annoying on a conceptual level because it doesn't really happen
0: that's one thing it doesn't really happen and the two thing is like if Immortus is so op- awesome, why don't we finish up with him? I don't know. It was weird how he just disappeared from the story.
1: Oh yeah, because they're all like fighting his like stand-ins or whatever.
0: Well, no, they're fighting Baron Zemo and all those guys, and Immortus never comes back. Cap just shows up and he's like, "Yeah, I got Rick Jones. Oh, so that's right. so true to his word, Immortus just let me come back to the present." But we never see Immortus again. There's no more confrontation with him. So like for half this book, there's no Immortus. It is, it is yeah, that is weird. That it is kind of weird. Weird pacing. Um, this
1: Immortus, you know, for those who don't know, is yet another aspect of Kang.
0: <laughs> yes, eventually, yeah. Uh...
1: Even if yeah, we don't know that right now. I'm not entirely sure when that gets made real. Um, if it's during Engelhart when he's doing all the stuff with Vision or what, but um, but at some point we we find out that Immortus is Kang.
0: Um, and I can't remember, is Immortus the future version of Kang or is Kang the future version of Immortus?
1: Immortus is the future version of Kang. Right.
0: That makes more sense. Yeah. So as
1: far as we know, it's, its well, we don't know this yet because it hasn't been made yet, but uh, he starts out as Ramatat, he becomes Kang, and at some point later, he's going to become Immortus.
0: Right. Real downgrade. Um. What's that? Real downgrade.
1: <laughs> yeah. A bit. A bit. Um. More more emphasis, like we said, with the suspense issue. More emphasis on Cap training all the time to stay in shape. Uh-huh. Uh, there is there is no super soldier serum right now. And did you notice Iron Man's little diss of the Wasp ah, oh in the meeting?
0: God, so that panel is all kinds of wrong. So yeah. much wrong in that one panel. Like yeah, yeah. He says, Um, let's just read it exactly what he says, just so we can all groan together. It concerns Cap Young sidekick Rick Jones. Why don't we make his membership in the Avengers official as the Wasps is by giving him some sort of uniform? And then Cap says, objection. That decision is for me to make. And then someone says, Cap is right. Only he can decide. So that's all one panel of horrible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So Rick Rick Jones is just a kid right now. Like, there is nothing special about Rick Jones. He is a teenager who has spent most of his life slacking off with his friends.
0: He has shown lately that he can fight now a little bit.
1: A little bit. He, he you um, know, helped out Cap with that one thing last
0: issue. And I would even buy this membership offer if they just decided to rush it and he's already wearing the Bucky outfit at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, at least then it's like, okay, well... Batman has a Robin, should he be part of this whole Justice League thing or what, you know? But they haven't done that yet. So why are they offering this guy with a sweater vest membership? That's one problem.
1: And at the same time we're going to I mean, now the Wasp is not a real Avenger. She's some sort of like, you know, <laughs> brought in junior member who's been like elevated, you know, graciously to the status of Avenger.
0: So essentially somehow. to the Avengers, Wasp is just a sidekick to Giant-Man and he's the real member.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, which which is not anything they've ever said before. So even though, yeah, she never does anything and we always complain about that, I'm kind of like blown away that that's how they actually think. That's really weird.
1: And she's almost just like squeezed into the art here. She's behind Giant Man's shoulder in the third panel, and she's sitting on his arm almost invisibly in the fourth panel.
0: Yeah. (sighs) And I also just didn't like objection. That's for me to make like – Cap owns Rick or something. I don't know. That just seemed a weird way to word it. Maybe.
1: Yeah, that is also weird. Like because he has all of his hangups, he gets to decide whether or not some random person gets brought to the Avengers or not. Mm-hmm. And why
0: are they? That's that's a good point too. They know about this hangup. Why on earth do they think this is a great idea? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that guy Bucky that you d- died, and you're always crying about it. Hey, here's another teen kid we could bring into danger. Should we Tony do that?
1: Tony's barely a human. Yeah.
0: It's just really weird. Okay. And then, so now we get some more bonkers cause I feel like I don't understand why Immortus came here to tell them about stuff and then didn't use them. You know what I mean? Like what yeah. was, what was the purpose of all this too?
1: Well, first we get reminded that, uh, Enchantress and Executioner are at half strength. Right. Uh, right. Cause they got the half power taken away in their first Avengers story. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if we're ever going to see them get their power restored, or if they're just going to forget like that time whenever Thor got half-strengthed, and then Uh they just forgot. (laughs) Right. I guess theoretically, Thor is always at half-strength going forward. Um, But yeah, Immortus just shows up. What is his goal? Why is he here?
0: I to tell them he's going to take on the Avengers. But like, yeah, he—I thought he was going to recruit them or something, and he doesn't. He just leaves.
1: Okay, he says, I shall join you for my own purposes. One day I shall claim this century and I may permit you to serve as my underlings. That works very well with the Kang retcon. But you're right, later on, maybe he just realizes that they've lost the battle. Maybe he realizes that this is not a good time to take over the Avengers. His goal, One of his goals is to make Captain America kneel before him and Captain America wins.
0: So they, they do the whole Paul Bunyan thing. and He says, you have proven your power, but you must also prove your loyalty. Oh, before we can accept you as one of us, you must perform a task. I order you to destroy one of the Avengers. I accept with glee. Okay, so that's why. Okay, so, he, so
1: they're putting him to the test.
0: I didn't understand that. So, they, <laughs> yeah, he comes there to join them. And they're like, yeah, we'll go kill somebody first. And he's like, okay, sure, that's easy. And so that's how that starts. Okay, that makes a lot more sense.
1: Also, he declares that he has all of the heroes and villains of history at his hands. So he brings in storybook characters.
0: (laughs) I was going to bring that up. Like, not a single historical figure is used in this story. No,
1: we have Paul Bunyan, (laughs) Goliath, Merlin, and Hercules. None of those people existed.
0: And the other thing is, some of these people exist in the Marvel Universe. So how is this being figured out eventually? Like, who is this Hercules? Because it's not that Hercules.
1: We can talk about Hercules in a minute. Okay. The rest of them are definitely imposters conjured somehow by Immortus. I imagine that Thor looks over at Merlin and is like, that's not the Merlin I fought. But of course, that Merlin was also an imposter. Right. Um, This Hercules, check it out. Mm -hmm. This is the space phantom in disguise.
0: Okay. How'd that get established? Avengers
1: Forever. Oh, wow. Which I have not read.
0: but I I have, have, but it's so complicated. I can't remember all the little things about it.
1: Yeah, my my impression of it is it takes a whole lot of convolution and spins into a marvelous web of narrative, but then it's really hard to keep it all straight in your head afterwards.
0: It's amazing. And it also deals with the Kang Immortus stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It is amazing, but yeah, sadly, it's been so long since I read it, I can't remember what happened. And it's probably all been undone anyway at this point. But
1: Well, the so- the connection between Immortus and the space phantom is actually established like early in history, like in the 70s. But the fact that this particular in, in, in instance is the space phantom is, is of interest forever.
0: So I've never read like the first appearances of Hercules. Hercules does Thor not know who he is?
1: I have, and I don't remember um, the is- first time that Thor meets Hercules. It's in a flashback tale, I think. It's mm-hmm. Like I think it's I think it's the first Journey the Mystery Annual, mm. and I don't remember if it's a present day Thor story or, or a younger Thor story. But he stumbles into, accidentally, the land of the Greek gods and fights Hercules.
0: So it's not a given that Asgardians and Olympians just know that they exist and hang out and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So then Thor saying, you're not Hercules, um, isn't necessarily an, an issue here.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Um, the Avengers even say that Cap is the weakest. No wonder the bad guys think that.
0: It's a weird... I feel, I, I feel like they're just wording these sentences wrong, because... And they do it for a long time, too, because even in, like, the 70s and stuff, Cap will say things like, I don't have powers like you guys. And then that translates to, oh, he doesn't have powers. But what I always thought that meant was, yeah, you don't have powers like the Beast or Thor or Hulk or whatever. You're like a you guy. Have, yeah, you have your own powers. You have your own powers, but you can't conjure lightning and hang upside down by your weird feet and stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um
0: So calling him the weakest, I guess in a way it makes sense because measurably he is the weakest, but I don't know. That's That's kind of a weird way to describe it.
1: It is a weird way to describe it. I mean, he's in in a lot of ways, he's the Batman of the team as far as power sets go. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you think about it, Henry Pym is just a dude who gets big. Uh Iron Man is just a dude in a suit. Wasp is actually cool because she can fly when she's small. Right. But in a lot of ways, these are just regular people who can do something special or have something that helps them be special. Right. And Captain America is the same way. He's just a dude who has something that helps him be special, as in he is the most awesome human being ever.
0: Right. He's had like 20 years proving that he's like a one-man army, so it's weird to just call him a weakest person. Yeah. I don't know. Did did they say Uh, that like right in front of his face, too? Because that would just make me say objection, but...
1: No, it's after they think he's dead.
0: Oh, right, right. Yeah.
1: So far as sheer physical power was concerned, he was certainly our weakest member, relying (sighs) upon skill rather than strength. Says the man who can't stop tripping over his own feet when he's giant.
0: Right. I hate that Cap, this is so Avengers though, but I hate that Cap just so easily gets mad at the Avengers based on the word of some random person that probably kidnapped Rick Jones.
1: That seems way too handy and con- like too convenient. Like
0: Avengers love fighting each other for any reason whatsoever, but that was just too, too annoying, kind of.
1: He just bought Immortus's word out of nowhere and just like turned on them. That's, that's too weird.
0: It's, it must be Ice Cube Brain still or something. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe,
1: maybe. Um, page 15 at the bottom. No, um, not at the bottom. Pay one, two, three, four, five, six.
0: Uh-huh. Wait, is it page 15? With no. Iron Man's face.
1: Yeah, that's, that's not the right place. Okay, oh. never mind. The joke I was going to make doesn't work because that's not the right page. Okay. Um, so never mind. I'll put that away and see if I find it later. When they do all their matchups, why doesn't the Enchantress go up against Thor?
0: It did seem like weird matchups, huh? Or the Executioner would have even made more sense.
1: Right, either one of them who you know knows Thor should go up against Thor.
0: And as Ara's Guardians. Although I do like that Executioner is ripping apart Iron Man's armor. That was kind of fun because he's a strong Asgardian guy. Oh, no, he has special... He has meteorite metal gloves, whatever the heck that means, but that must be some magical Asgardian thing.
1: But also he's strong. I mean, he's also strong, he's strong, strong. with meteorite metal, so yeah, mm-hmm. it works together. Um, yeah. I like the... Okay, the way the layout of the comic works, page 17 at the bottom, you haven't won yet, Master of Evil, and Thor looks over his shoulder, that voice. It can only belong to... Turn the page uh-huh. and you get a pinup of Captain America.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> the one and only Cap. And it's a fantastic pinup.
0: Too. Yeah, that's really good.
1: It's Kirby. Being Kirby on Captain America looks great.
0: We've had pinups on all three of these tonight, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, no. My
1: understanding is that they just haven't transitioned to that extra page of advertising yet. Like they decided to shorten their stories by a page, but they haven't gotten the advertising for those
0: pages okay. yet. So no, Tales didn't have a pinup because it has two stories. But Fantastic Four had an awesome Prince Namor pinup, kind of awesome actually. He looks a little weird, but but then this awesome Captain America is in this one.
1: And um, you know, Captain America sees Zemo and does not like go into boiling angry revenge mode. That was weird.
0: That was a little weird because we, especially since we just got that in Tales of Suspense, but maybe that's where they're saving it. Does yours have the same miscoloring of Thor's legs that mine does? Because that really makes Thor not look as cool somehow.
1: Yes. So I posted <laughs> this online with the <laughs> caption, Honey, where are my pants?
0: It's like, wow, what a but difference. it
1: also just goes to show like, how we have. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: I was going to say, what a difference just yeah, some pair of pants it's makes. Weird.
1: Just, just changing the leg color.
0: Yeah, but you but know what's interesting? Ha- oh, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Well, it highlights the way we see legs on different genders, right? Uh-huh. And I don't even know if this is misogyny because I think that most women I talk to would agree they would rather see women's legs than men's legs. Well, like I think women's legs uh, yeah. just—I don't know.
0: Like this is what he's wearing right now is Wonder Woman's costume. Like she wears mm-hmm. the Speedo with the bare legs and it works for her. But when he does it, it's like, oh, Thor, that's weird.
1: And in the 90s, one of the very, very common attributes of, you know, women costume designs was to have the boots that went like most of the way up the thigh.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: then the the, the the top that like unitarded off at the pelvic line. And so you have this like patch of skin in the upper thigh mm-hmm. that really just emphasizes this is the sexy region.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what he's got going. Because he has those yeah, same boots. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's just a miscoloring, but it's it's awkward. Overall, okay issue. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. I can't, other than Avengers Forever, I can't think of a lot of Immortus stories that are, like, amazing to me or anything either. So, but first appearance, we get it out of the way, I guess.
1: Yeah, the only other Immortus story I know is going to be in the, in the uh, end tag zinger, I'm going to say. Okay. So, um, oh, my only other thought on this is Enchantress does not like that they're losing the fight, so she just turns back time. Can she just
0: do that? That's another thing, yeah. Don't have that kind of power, because you can just use it every time. But do they remember that she did that? I don't think so. I think the
1: bad guys remember it, because they were the ones choosing to travel through time. But the Avengers apparently are just back... they're, They're saying the exact same things they said at the beginning of the
0: story. So Avengers don't remember, but yeah, you're right. The bad guys are like, you failed us again, Zemo. So... And then they tell her to break contact on purpose this time because they don't want more to try and join, I guess.
1: Which makes me wonder, why does it even matter that Hercules was the space phantom in this? Because the story didn't happen. Now I want to know how that Avengers Forever story Shoot. handled that because this didn't happen.
0: Well, maybe if we read like 15 more Avengers issues, then we should read Avengers Forever. And I bet it'll cover a lot of that early days.
1: It might be fun to do. It might be fun to do like a special or something.
0: Could be. It's a really, I remember it being really complicated. So there's a lot of references to a lot of things, but also this is back in the day when they captioned all that. So hopefully we could actually maybe piece it together. You know, we could
1: do, hmm. we could do an episode. 100
0: Avengers forever. For, yeah. That would be awesome.
1: Hey listeners. Would you like that?
0: <laughs> or issues? Yeah. <laughs> okay. or, yeah. Episode 75 or hundred or something like that. hundred works. But that's um, so it.
1: that is the, yeah, that's the last comic for September 64. Ooh. Time to uh, dive into our new seasons of television and watch our gold, uh, James Bond misogynist films. Mm-hmm. Before we do that, though.
0: We have to do our month.
1: Yeah, we have to, we have to vote for our month. Mm-hmm. So let me get my, my spreadsheet out here. I've got my Transformers spreadsheet up because there's a rumor going around that I might be doing a Transformers podcast. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, Actually, it's not a rumor. I'm doing a Transformers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Return to Cybertron. And the website doesn't exist yet, but there is a Twitter, at uh, TFUK Podcast, because then we talk talking about the Transformers UK comics and the cartoons that came out at the same time. So, uh, hey out there. Sweet. check that out. Yeah. Um, okay. Lots and lots of spreadsheets that have nothing to do with this. There it is. Mom Likes. That's the name of the spreadsheet, because M-O-M, Makers, Marvel.
0: So, we have... I'll just do it alphabetically again because that's easier for me. We have Amazing Spider-Man number 19 where he – the third part of him making a comeback after a month of taking time off. Avengers number 10, which we literally just covered. Fantastic Four number 33, which we also just covered. Journey into Mystery where Hyde and – what's his name? Cobra team up with Loki and almost kill Jane or maybe kill Jane. Two-parter. We don't know yet. Um, we have Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos with, with um, Dean Martin almost being killed for being a traitor. Strange Tales 127, which had Reed Richards proving a point and Doctor Strange follow up with his battle with Dormammu. Tales of Suspense where Captain America proves he's a good fighter and Iron Man is still stuck in his armor and takes on Hawkeye. Tales to Astonish number 62, where the Hulk versus the Chameleon and the Wasp takes on someone impersonating Giant Man. And last but not least, least we have X-Men number 8, the power of Eunice and the Beast kind of quitting the team for a while. So that's our month.
1: Okay. Well, I have mine picked out. What do you think is going to
0: be your least favorite? Oh, least favorite is going to be Strange Tales 127.
1: I'm guessing for The Torch and for not the for Doctor Strange.
0: No, you're right. Yeah, The Torch. Doctor Strange was actually pretty good. Ooh, Doctor Strange was pretty good. What is that? Mm. Yeah, Torch was horrible. Yeah, that was the Dormammu fight. Yeah.
1: Um, Doctor Strange has never gotten a top vote from us. That's okay.
0: Uh, doesn't it doesn't have to. But, it's um, just not quite Uh, important enough for some reason.
1: No, it it, it doesn't quite have like an emotional impact. It doesn't tie into our nerddoms. Yeah. Um, And to be honest, a lot of the Dr. Strange stories have been more kooky than enjoyable. Right. But this one's pretty darn good.
0: It is pretty good.
1: Do you want to do your favorite or should I do my least favorite?
0: Um, Well, I could do my favorite, but I'm just going to say what you're going to say. So (laughs) let's just say (laughs) our favorite is Amazing (laughs) Spider-Man number 19.
1: Okay, our favorite is Amazing Spider-Man number 19. I mean, it is. Um, Yeah, it really is. Um, I'm not even sure that it has any competition this month. Not really. I mean, there are lots of good stories, but to me, that was a great story. Sergeant Fury was a really good story. Um, Yeah. Doctor Strange, really good story. Um, Iron Man, pretty decent Iron Man story.
0: Iron Um, Man was okay. I liked a lot of the- And the first half of X-Men was pretty good.
1: I liked a lot of the X-Men stuff. Avengers- no, it's just weird. Avengers um, didn't happen.
0: Hulk, yeah,
1: yeah. Avengers didn't even happen. Hulk was pretty good. Yeah. Hulk is getting there. Um, I don't. I think it's kind of like Doctor Strange at this point. Um, mm-hmm. It's not something that I really glom onto very much as far as just what I like to read, but it's 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 solid stories
0: compared to Giant the, Man. Um, it's happy to be there.
1: Com- and Giant Man is what I'm picking for my worst.
0: Oh, really? Okay. It's going to be one of those. Yeah, Giant one. Man. This, yeah.
1: Just like last month, you picked the torch, I picked Giant Man. This month, you picked the torch, I picked Giant Man. (laughs) Okay. Um, And it's because that particular story didn't work as a story. Like, the mechanics Mm. of the story weren't really that planned out. Um, There were a lot of really weird transitions. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like probably the scriptor got the art and, like, had to make some connections that weren't exactly there.
0: Yeah. That whole plant ruining the city was almost much to do about nothing. Like... Why was that even happening mm-hmm. or needed? I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of weird. At this
1: point, we have a lot of a lot of stories that are between most and least enjoyed. There's a lot of comics going on every month, mm-hmm. so choosing a Spider-Man again is not to slight a lot of the great stuff here. It's just that's 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 what gets the top spot. <laughs> there can only be one First Baptist.
0: Well, there's a reason why Spider-Man's head becomes like the trademark of Marvel. So mm-hmm. this is it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We have three more months of 1964 ahead of us. So what can they do to prepare for the next one?
0: Next month, October 1964, we're going to kick off the episode with three more titles like we always do. But it's going to be Journey into Mystery number 111. And I haven't read it yet. And this is one of those covers where I literally have no idea what it's about. Thor and a sword. So you guys enjoy Tales to Astonish, number 63, we got a split with Giant Man versus the Wrecker, and Hulk is fighting a Titan on a train. And then we have Daredevil, number five, where we are finally introduced to Daredevil's greatest villain of all time, the Matador. Dun, dun, dun. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers.
1: All right. So that's your home um, Meanwhile, mm-hmm. you should go uh, like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and I want to just send some shout outs and thank yous to those who have been following us recently. Um, we have at G Squared's dad, which is Stan Propotnik's charming grandson. We're being followed by Irving Forbush, a comic book fanatic of Marvel, DC, Carlton, Gold Key. Love them all. Uh, at Irving Forbush, too. We have Mr. Sneebs, a two-fisted trickster and purveyor of pulp picaresques, librarian talking movies, comics and RPGs. We have Zachary J. Jensen. I counsel finesse. My danger sense is tingling. We have Dave's Comic Heroes blog, at Dave's Comic Hero. Classic rock metal entertainment TV shows, comic books. And we have Uncanny Comic Boy. That's boy B-O-I. Like the guy from G-Ranger. Marvel DC Fanboy, fan of indie comics and pop culture stuff. Just your average nerd. And... All the way from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we are being followed by Night Monkey. Wow. Which we didn't even mention the Night Monkey joke in our Far From Home coverage.
0: I totally forgot. That was awesome. Totally though.
1: forgot. Uh, is at Wookie Chuckles. And he has uh, a bunch of acronyms that he follows. I do not understand. A T L U T D, T H F S C, USWNT slash USMNT. I don't know what any of those are. But then Beer, Funny Books, and Moving Pictures. Not necessarily in that order. Sounds good. So lots and lots of followers and likers out there in the social medias. We always appreciate retweets, uh, shares, mentions, all the good stuff to like, put our show in your uh, friend's eyeballs. It's always appreciated. And um, where can they find us as far as social media and online, all that goes?
0: On everything. You can just type in Make Ours Marvel and hopefully you find us. Um, But if you can't, Go to makearsmarvel.com directly, and that'll have links to all the places you can find us for Facebook, Twitter, um, all the various ways to play the show or download the show. Subscribe to the show. Um, And if you'd like to write a letter or write an email, I suppose, because we've said something horribly wrong that must be corrected, uh, please do so by writing podcast at makearsmarvel.com And we will read that stuff on the show and, and agree to disagree. Or agree. Or disagree. We, or agree.
1: <laughs> or agree. We love all sorts of feedback.
0: Oh, we absolutely do.
1: What we really like is whenever you tell us stuff about continuity that we missed or that we didn't know about from like stuff that's uh, established later in comics, I I, I I, love that stuff.
0: I do, too. It's really hard to read every single comic book that's ever existed and retain that knowledge. So it takes a community, right. people. Reach out there if you know something that we forgot.
1: I'm having a hard time retaining the knowledge of the 200 comics we have covered. Right. <laughs> um so the uh the way you can find me is on twitter at john reads comics with no h uh, i've got a lot of you know irons in the fire stuff that's cooking and, and and pumping along my image comics podcast is all the pouches and image comics podcast at all the pouches on twitter um my that's basically the same premise as this show just more on my own walking through all of the image comics from the early 90s my son graciously joins me every week on Saturday mornings to do a commentary on an episode of Super Sentai, which is the Japanese source material for the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, only older than that. And so that is on Twitter at Silly Sentai. You can... um, follow the Twitter account for my soon-to-be-born Transformers podcast at TFUK Podcast. You can follow my Scarlet Witch tweet blog at Let's Talk Wanda, uh, where I'm tweeting through all of her adventures in these comics, plus just, like, you know, tweeting about Wanda because she is friggin' awesome. And, yeah, so that's all out there. Go check that out. And we'll be back next week to talk about more comics. So until then or until Immortus gets killed by the Avengers kids,
0: make ours Marvel.